0: So, Arisha, as much as we love when people spill the tea, we Mm -hmm. also know that there can obviously be consequences for that tea spilling. Yeah. I mean, burns, for one. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Those are serious. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And somebody who is definitely spilling a lot of tea, and I gotta say ruffling a lot of feathers in the process, is Prince Harry. Uh, So he's got a new tell-all memoir that drops today. And he's definitely giving new meaning to the tell-all part, and I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. He is completely redefining it. He's holding nothing (laughs) back. Um, And he's currently on tour to promote his new book. And he sat down for two very high-profile television interviews, one on each side of the pond. Mm -hmm. uh, And he held nothing back. No, Um, I think at this point, we can consider all of the royalty officially
0: spilled. Can we, though? Because I feel like there's more. I don't know. It's the Boston Tea Party, but, like, for real. How many times do you think we'll say tea today?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Let's tea. That's supposed to be C, but tea.
0: Oh, wow. All right, well, it. Hopefully it gets better. <laughs>
1: From Wondery, I'm Brooke Ziffrin. And I'm Arisha Skimmer williams It's Tuesday, January 10th. And you're listening to Rich and Daily. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Give me that, give me that
0: so even though Prince Harry's royal duties are far behind him, talking about the royal family is definitely not, because he's doing a lot of it, and yeah. I'm here for it. So if you thought you'd heard the last of him after his and Meghan's Netflix docuseries, "Harry and Meghan, you were wrong. Prince Harry has now written a tell-all memoir called Spare and it's dropping today even though we've been hearing about it for forever? Weeks? It feels like. Yeah. For forever. So yeah. long yeah. since I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And as part of the tour to promote his book on Sunday Harry appeared in two high-profile interviews one in the U.S. with Silver Fox Anderson Cooper from 60 Ugh. Minutes. God, that man doesn't age. <laughs> he doesn't. And another in the U.K. with ITV's Tom Bradby. And even though Harry's recently been doing a lot of talking to the press. Like we said, he does want to make it clear that his family has been doing the same thing for a long time, only in a much sneakier way, which mm-hmm. should surprise no one. Yeah. I mean, they're called the firm for a reason. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so in both of the interviews, Harry talks about how the royals have continually leaked stories to the press in an attempt to control their narrative, often at the expense of both himself and Meghan. Mm -hmm. Um, In particular, he says that his stepmother, the queen consort Camilla, he says that she leaked private conversations to the media to help rehabilitate her public image after her longtime affair with his father became public. Yeah, Harry even says that Camilla campaigned in the press for her marriage to King Charles, which just seems like, It's not an Emmy, like it's a marriage. (laughs) Well, Um, you know. But things are different over there. Same amount of acting is involved, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Harry says that both Camilla and his father were willing to use him and his brother William as a way to get better tabloid coverage.
2: That made her dangerous because of the connections that she was forging within the British press. And there was open willingness on both sides to trade of information. And with a family built on hierarchy, and with her on the way to being queen consort, there was going to be people or bodies left in the street because of that.
0: So I 100% believe this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually, I saw a tweet from someone, I think they're they're like a media consultant, and they were like, I'm 100% backing Harry. And she was like, years ago, a top journalist told her that it was Camilla leaking info. So it's like, mm, yeah, that's all I need is one tweet yeah. <laughs> to believe yeah. it all. I feel like we've, interviewed quite a few journalists on even the rich
1: available, available wherever, wherever you your your podcast and they have told us you know they've told us about their sources not who the sources are necessarily but like the whole like the whole machine of getting information and like yeah. oftentimes it's coming from the actual person like when they're like a source right. says it's them yeah so it's one of those things where it's like if that's happening here can you only imagine like how much more involved it is when you have a monarchy. Like, I just, right. it's just, of course. This is just seems like an of course thing to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, same. Um, and, like, obviously, the British press is a sore subject for Harry. Yeah. We all know they played a big part in Princess Diana's death in 1997. Yeah. Um, and he talks a lot about how vividly he remembers the press treating his mom, and it's, you know, a a Mm. really soft spot for him, understandably so. And in both of the interviews, he opens up about the loss of his mom and how he processed her death and the long-term effect it's had on him. Yeah, this stuff was just, mm, I just,
1: I can't imagine. And going through all of this when you're 12 years old. Yeah. Like, come on. Right. Um, But yeah, Harry told Anderson Cooper that he didn't cry after Diana's death. Um, the only time he cried was when her casket was being lowered at her funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that he was in a state of shock for most of that time, which, of course, yeah. like, this is just yeah. such... It's such a huge, awful, horrible, tragic thing to have to process mm-hmm.
0: as a adult. I know. And it's weird because, like, they showed footage of yeah. the funeral. And, like, you know, him and William are outside and they're greeting people who are yeah. outside mourning the death. And he's like, you know, they were... They were crying and we were like smiling and it's weird to watch and it is weird to watch. Well, it's
1: just like watching that. It's like you guys are making children like take this walk with all of these people when it's like their own mother. Like it's just like any loss in your life. Like the last thing you need is a parade about it and cameras in your face. And it's just I can't imagine. I just I feel for both of them. Like that's just an awful thing. You lose your mother and then you have to be so public about it hmm Not cool. Yeah. Um, and Harry, in his interview with Anderson, also said that he actually believed in conspiracy theories that his mother didn't die in the car accident because he just refused to accept that she was gone. Mm. Um, I know I'm not the only one that got Veronica Mars vibes when Logan <laughs> Eccles' mother, played by Lisa Rinna, oh, died. God. And he was like, I know she's not dead. Like, I think it's a common, like, coping mechanism, especially when you have all this public. Why do you keep trying to spoil shows that have been out for 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <Ugh. laughs> Two days in a row. Anything to bring it back to a housewife. Um <laughs> yeah. But actually what's interesting is that Harry says that he didn't accept that his mom was actually gone until he was in his twenties. Yeah. And this was after he asked to see photos and the government file of his mother's car crash for proof that she had died. He said, I saw the photographs of the reflection of all the paparazzi in the window at the same time. I saw the back of her blonde hair, you know, slumped on the back of the seat, which is just... It's got to be hard to see. I Yeah. Um, He said he not only was looking for evidence, but, quote, I was also looking for something to hurt because at that point I was still pretty numb to the whole thing. Mm. So then Anderson also asked Harry if he feels like he now has the answers he needs about what happened to his mom.
2: Truth be known, no. I don't think I do. And I don't think my brother does either. I don't think the world does. Um... Do I need any more than I already know? No. I don't think it would change much.
0: This was interesting. Um, yeah. To hear him be like, no, I don't. And I I, I think he probably doesn't, you know? I think yeah, a lot of people I, don't. I, yeah. I, I don't know that you ever... He can't ever get
1: answers. Like, nobody's going to get the full 100% truth of what happened. Because it's, yeah. like, stories like this, like, car accidents in general. Like, you just you can't know you have the recreations, but it's like, what was going on in the car? What mm-hmm. like, there's just so many, there are so many variables that you can't know. Yeah. Um, and of course it's like heightened to another level because we're dealing with paparazzi. We're dealing
0: with a right. princess. Yes. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, you know, that driver was drinking also. Right? There's that. Yep. I think it was just a storm of chaos and it's like, yeah, you really absolutely. don't know. Yeah. Um. And, you know, in the book, like we said, Harry pulls no punches. Like he, He lays it all out there. He talks about a fight he had with William that got physical. Like, William pushed him to the ground. Yeah. Um, He talks about a lot of really tense conversations he had with his dad, King Charles. And, you know, a lot of people, if you read the comment sections, which you should Mm -hmm. never do. Don't do it. um, A lot of people are like, you know, what's his motivation? Why is he talking about all of this so publicly? And Anderson did ask him, you know, like, why are you choosing to go public with the family drama. And Harry said that going public, like the Oprah interview, the Netflix series, and the book was a last resort for him.
2: Every single time I've tried to do it privately, there have been briefings and leakings and planting of stories against me and my wife. So now, trying to speak a language that perhaps they understand, I will sit here and speak truth to you with the words that come out of my mouth, rather than using someone else an unnamed source to feed in lies or a narrative to a tabloid media that literally radicalizes its readers to then potentially cause harm to my family, my wife, my kids.
1: I'm glad Anderson asked this because I, because I mean, it is what everyone is saying. And I'd be lying if I haven't had the occasional thought, like, just move on. (laughs) Um, But like hearing just like, their attempts to, like, have these productive conversations, these constructive conversations, and just being mm-hmm. rebuffed and then having their words twisted and shifted to make a new narrative, like, yeah. I don't blame them. Like, no. what else are they
0: supposed to do? I know. I know. I agree. I mean, like, it's his story to tell if he yeah. wants to tell it, you know? Yeah. That's a really good way to put it.
1: Yeah. Um, And Harry also told ITV's Tom Bradby that he thinks People should know about how his family, who he refers to as an institution, which is mm-hmm. just, if you're at the point where you're
0: calling your family an institution, I know. It's a sad state of affairs. Well, when he was talking about Queen Elizabeth's funeral, he's like, you know, I needed a family, not an yeah, institution. Of course. Yeah. And that's not what they are best at. <laughs> well, I, that story, ugh, talking about how
1: they wouldn't let him on the plane. So by the time he got there, his grandmother had died. And it's just yeah. like, yeah. Ugh. I want to say other words, but we didn't put a content warning, so I'm not going (laughs) to say it. But he told Tom Bradby that he thinks people should know how his family communicates with the media, saying, I think what's a matter of public interest is the relationship between the institution with the tabloid media. Mm. But he also says that he does have a lot of compassion and understanding as to why his family feels the need to have this kind of relationship with the press. Mm -hmm. Um, He says, I don't agree with it, but I do understand it.
0: Yeah, it is understandable. I mean... That's what happens when you're more of a business than a family, you know, yeah, or for like sure, more of for a sure.
1: institution. Well, and um, it also feels like there's so much of like, this is how it's always been. Yeah. And so we're just going to keep doing it right. this way. And people hate when things get shaken up. Exactly. Even if it's for the better.
0: Yep. Um. So like I've said several times already in this episode, I'm here for the tea spilling. Mm-hmm. I'm always here for it. But of yeah. course, not everyone in the UK is... Mm-mm. Thrilled about Harry kind of laying it all out there. No, um, And, you know, I get it. They, they're, I'm not, I'm not going to get DMs, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that they're not thrilled.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, after Harry's ITV interview, uh, British journalist, using that term loosely, mm. Piss Morgan, sorry, oh. Piers Morgan. Well, can't get Whoa. that name right, Whoopsie. darn. Oops. <laughs> Piers Morgan tweeted, Prince Harry's a bitter, delusional, paranoid, family-trashing, half-wit-exposing and exploiting the royal's most personal
0: secrets. And to
1: that I say, Piers, shut up. Right?
0: Stop talking. I was just going to say, speaking of people who should just shut up for once. Yeah. The poster child. I thought he was just writing
1: his own Twitter bio. I didn't realize <laughs> he was talking about Prince Harry, but okay. Um, but then British TV presenter, Kirsty Alsop said, he and his wife have seemingly done nothing wrong and everything is everyone else's fault. That's not how life works. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and of course, like like you said, don't read the comments, because there are a lot of people that have a lot of negative things about Harry yeah. and Meghan in general. Like, no matter whenever they're posted, I feel like I make oh, yeah. like the mistake of glancing down to the comments, and a lot of people are not into it. No. Um, but the reactions have not all been bad, only mostly. There are some <laughs> who enjoyed Harry's interview. They tweeted that he seemed warm and sincere, while many others just want him to stop already. Mm-hmm. Now, the royal family has not yet responded to Harry's interviews, but Vanity Fair reported that sources close to them expressed their shock at Harry's book and interview, saying he is on a path of self-destruction. There is so much vengeance. Mm -hmm. They also said any reconciliation appears unlikely in the short term.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, I think that quote's very telling, and it's it's kind of what Harry was talking about. It's like, well, anytime we speak up, there's this, like, and that, well, he's on a path of self-destruction. It's like, well, yeah. he must be crazy and ruining his life if he's going to speak up like this.
1: Well, I thought what was interesting at the end of the uh, Anderson Cooper interview, uh, Anderson was like, we reached yes. out to the um, to Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. um, and they said, we need to see this interview before we say anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? Whatever your yeah. truth is, is your truth. What do you need to see what someone else is saying? Right. So that, I was just like, kind of validated everything for me because it's like anybody that's like i need to know what they're saying before i say something is like well then what are you hiding
0: right well the yeah like the royal family is constantly on the defensive yeah maybe just speak your truth and don't worry about what harry's saying
1: yeah and then like yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's like and i mean my i've said this before i think every story there are three sides there's a (laughs) b and then the truth which is usually somewhere in the middle and it's like Mm -hmm speak whatever your truth is they'll speak yeah. whatever their truth is and it's like if you're waiting to hear what someone else has said you're not speaking an authentic truth right cuz you're just speaking a defense
0: yeah i fully agree i also love that anderson was like um and we've never given out an interview before it airs so <laughs> and we're not going to nope. start now <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh anderson oh, i loved it so much mm-hmm. so i mean what do you think cuz you know you kind of said there were times where you're like you know maybe just stop do you think yeah. he's oversharing
1: I I mean, it's hard because it's like every family has shit, you know, like, yeah, every family has drama. There's no functional family out there. There just isn't. But it's like, (laughs) it's just it's got to be I can't imagine like being a monarchy, a prince, queen, kings and like having this family drama that's just so public. Like, that's Mm got to be a nightmare. And if this is his last resort, like you said, like, it's his story. He can do whatever he wants with it. Yeah. I, mean, I do. I'm I'm glad he doesn't seem to care how other people think of him, because for me, the kind of person I am, like the one person if one person was like, why are you talking? Like, stop talking. I'd be like, OK, I'll stop. This is too much. Like, I can't handle this feedback. But he's just like barreling yeah.
0: ahead. I mean, I I like Harry. He does seem very genuine. He does seem warm, like he seems sincere. And I think. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel to me like he's doing this to be vindictive. It feels like Mm -mm. he's trying to tell his story and this is almost therapeutic for him in a way. Well,
1: it's what's ironic to me is how we've talked about and he's talked about how his family, the institution, uses the press. And it's like Mm -hmm. it's like they're upset that he's playing the game how they play it. Like he's he's at their level now. Like he's like, you know what, since you won't communicate with me how functional, healthy, (laughs) mature adults do.
0: I'll play at your level. And now they're like, wait, 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 stop, stop. This is too much. Well, I'll actually take it one further and say he's above their level because they are constantly hiding behind tablets, True. leaking You're stories. Right. Right. He's like, this is me. I'm telling you my story from my mouth. Mm-hmm. And whatever mm-hmm. happens, happens. And I, I respect him for that. I really oh, yeah. do.
1: Well, I don't know if anyone else picked up on this, but I was like, before Anderson even talked about it, I was like, this guy's been through therapy. Like the way he was talking about his relationships and stuff was very much somebody who's like been through some trauma and has found tools to process that trauma and come out better than before.
0: Yeah. And I think he's handling it in a really mature way. I mean, maybe not talking about William's baldness, but, you know, you got to get some (laughs) of those out. I mean, it's
1: a sibling. Like there's such a thing as sibling rivalry for that exact reason. Dig that knife in a little bit.
0: (laughs) That's what we all want.
1: (laughs) From Wondery, I'm Brooke Ziffrin. And I'm Marisha Skidmore-Williams. This is Rich and Daily. See you tomorrow, Richies. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Rich and Daily ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you like our show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening right now. And tell your friends, we've got the hot gosses.
0: Hey, this is Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, where twice a week I speak to meditation teachers, top research scientists, and even the odd celebrity about how to do life better. And on a recent episode, I spoke to the huge global pop star Dua Lipa about how she does her own life. What are the non-negotiable practices and principles for her? Those are just like life things that I like to live by. Uh,
1: Never do the same job twice and never leave today's thing for tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are really important things.
0: The episode is uh, incredible and actually quite practical, especially when it comes to creativity. Is it true that in typical overachiever fashion, you wrote 97 songs for this record? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I, I wrote 97 songs. We wrote a lot of songs, but not all of them are good. You know, that's the other thing. Like, I have to write myself into a good idea.
2: To listen to this
0: episode and more, follow 10% Happier on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.